بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما الحمد لله السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته سو so, الحمد لله we're blessed to be here together as some dear brother of mine who I've known for several years and uh, recently we got in touch again so and he's come up with some of the people that he's working with and so I wanted to I've been meaning to do this for a while just wanted to introduce and in fact I told uh, Sidi Yusuf Wiley who uh, I came to know of uh, initially through correspondence but as time uh, passed we got to know each other personally and uh, he has an extraordinary story and I think also he's he's a real he's he's been an inspiration for me because just seen somebody who uh, really took on learning his deen in a really deep way and uh, studied a lot of the the texts that uh, that I studied and um, he's doing amazing work so I wanted to introduce him and then we have uh, with him we have uh, people that he's working with so he'll he'll uh, tell us a little bit about what the work he's doing. But so I'm here right now. Dr. Asad Tarsin is here. Sidi Freydun Mujaddidi is here. Uh, um Yahya and, and uh, Saima are here with us. And then I have also uh, Abdul Mumin. And then I've got Sharif. And I've got uh, Sidi Yusuf. And then I've got uh, Mansoor and Charles. So I'm going to hand it over to you right now. And then we'll just uh, have a conversation about some of the things that you're doing and, and, and what we can do to really let people know so that we get more support for this kind of work. Alhamdulillah, Bil Alameen. As-salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yeah, alhamdulillah, we're um, doing a lot of work. Uh, the Timeless Group, uh, Nonprofit 501c3, um, we actually started here in the Bay Area, um, providing case management services and working with homeless populations even here. Uh, both me and Abdul Muhammad and uh, our brother uh, Tahir, um, we found the need. Uh, We've seen folks in the streets, li- living in the streets, and um, our work, we were already preparing ourselves to serve the community as Muslims because we didn't, we seen a lack of it. And so we decided ourselves to go out and, and begin to serve that population as well as uh, the reentry population folks that were uh, reentering the prison system. Um, and this was in 2012 uh, when I was released uh, from incarceration. And since then um, years gone by now, we've actually develop transitional housing programs, both for uh, folks that are getting out of prison as well as the homeless population. Uh, We have quite a few beds for the homeless population, around 80 beds or so for the homeless population. And um, that's actually uh, grew into another program, which is our workforce program, what we call trauma-informed security, uh, where we've actually created jobs. Uh, for individuals uh, that we're working with, you know, after they come home and get trained up in terms of we make sure they have basic information like social security guards and um, driver's license, et cetera. 
Um, we try to place them in employment. So not only do we provide housing services uh, for them, we also provide employment. So they're not worried about where I'm going to lay my head, you know, plus they're making money and able to save money so that if they decide to move on and maybe get married or whatever the case may be, um, they're a little bit um, together. You know, they have things where which allows them to sustain themselves. Oftentimes, actually, um, we have individuals that stay with us much longer. Um, you know, the way the, the system works, the, the county, the government systems, local or otherwise, they, they have this thing in place where, okay, we'll pay for their beds for about six months or a year, right? And then after that, okay, you just fend for yourself, right? So we actually created a program recently called the Ambassador Program and not funded. We don't get any money for it. So we just, we, we're paying like $14,000 for rent at some other properties just to, so that people are not on the street essentially. And we're putting them in there once they lose their funding from our other housing programs. So essentially that's what we're doing. Um, we're living it versus just saying it, you know, we wanted to demonstrate that we could do this. And, you know, a lot of people didn't believe it, we could do it obviously because of our past and backgrounds. Right. So, um, being able to come home, um, to California with right after the cr- crash in what, 2008, right. <laughs> And um, get involved and engaged in the work of uh, serving people, serving human beings, whether they were Muslim or otherwise, right? Um, and, uh, it's actually interesting because a lot of folks hear about the program and then they know it's actually Muslims that's 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 running it, right? And they like, oh, the brother Yusuf and the brother Movement Sharif, all the brother, they know that we're Muslim. Um, but they don't care. They know that we not because we don't care whether or not they're Muslim or right. otherwise. So they they we welcome them to our properties. Uh, we're at about what you say about seven locations, seven properties. Yeah, where we're housing folks. So you know, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. One of the things that makes me uh, really so interested in what you're doing. First of all, I've seen you grow. I saw, I saw where you were, uh, you know, and, and, and what you've done with yourself, which, I, I mean, if people knew the story, it's just an incredible story. And I hope, inshallah, we plan on, you know, really highlighting and sharing. Um, because, I, first of all, it's inspirational. Um, and I think one of the, the crises that we're really in is a lack of inspiration. Like, people... People are in despair. There's just so many people out there that are in despair. And one of the, I think the biggest problems in our culture is this reliance on government, this idea somehow that the the man is going to, you know, help us out of this situation. And, And it's the government, I mean, I'm of the opinion that, you know, I'd rather they stay out, like, let us use our money to mm-hmm. do things because they don't seem to use money very well. I mean, <laughs> right. the Pentagon pays for a screw like $2,000 or something like that. I mean, right. the amount of money that has been squandered with government. And that's right. why what you're doing is so impressive to me because it's basically you're doing it yourselves, mm-hmm. you know. And, and one of the things, I think one of the most important things that the nation taught uh, in 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 a lot of these disenfranchised communities was do for self you know mm-hmm. this idea that we need to take it upon ourselves and and that's what really what you're doing so i'm here with i think an extraordinary group of of 
of people that are actually doing something. And what I'm hoping, uh, I, and hopefully at the end we can actually get the the specific name and the five one C three and 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 your your website. And I'm hoping that people that hear this will actually because I have known City Yusuf for how many years now? It's been since ninety seven. Ninety seven, around ninety seven. And and I and I have real faith in this person. I, I trust this person. And like I said, I'm I'm meeting for the first time his comrades in arms. You know these people that are really doing this work, and yeah. um, and I trust them because you trust them. In fact, Sharif, uh, <laughs> you were telling me that he was your right. your bunkmate for ten years, ten years, which is right. pretty extraordinary. So maybe, so he's read all of the text too, right? Yeah. Um, um uh. Maybe Shetty, yes. just tell a little bit about what your just that experience of studying and coming uh, out and what, what what you want to do with what. Um, well, um, uh, my introduction to Islam is interesting. Um, I was on a level four yard, and I was exposed at that time to my to Islam from a Shia community. It was my first exposure. And um, they just handed me a Quran. Say, hey, just read this. And that's all I did. I read it from cover to cover with no guidance, with no instructions. But I seen myself in that book. And I changed. It changed my whole perspective of belief and faith. You know, um, and I took my Shahada. <laughs> I took my Shahada and became Muslim. Uh, but. Because of the ideology, you know, I had to go through some transformations, you know what I mean, to understand truly my path. So what happened was when I got transferred, transferred out of that particular prison, went to another prison, I met an imam that was Maliki. And he the one to put Islam in perspective for me, you know, to take um, that radical element sometimes of us incarcerated Muslims can take on you know, out of being rebellious, you know, just want to resist the police or something. You know I mean? He let me know that it was a full system, mm. a way of life. Right. You know, so he became my imam, you know, and he guided me in the sense of uh, cultivating my spirituality mm. and not my, you know, just knowledge in itself. You know, because knowledge in itself can be, uh, it can be overbearing. You know, you can be overbearing with other people just with knowledge. Right. You have to have a balance. So he helped me with my own spirituality. And from that is how, you know, I was introduced to Yusef. You know what I mean? When I first met Yusef and and really starting to delve deeper into the dean. You know, because I had really no formal education when it right. comes to Islam. You know, right. prison is not a place like an Islamic college or anything like that. Right. You know, we just find a pamphlet here, a book there. You know, that's all we know, you know, and to someone help us, you know, to guide us through what we're reading, what we're supposed to understand, how we're supposed to understand. And and, and that's what happened. Ben uh, Sellies with um, Yusuf for so long, and he's connected to um, the scholarship, you know what I mean, that brought his Islam along. It helped me bring my Islam along. Mashallah. You know, so... Um, but the main thing is, you know, it's the peace that the dean wants you to submit. And that's what I had to come to grips with. 
you know, all the things that was stirring inside of me that kept me angry, kept me, you know, just self-destructing, you know, uh, Islam cooled that down. It helped me understand that, you know, my life was worth living, you know, being in a place like that. Sometimes you question that, like, you know, how much more can I do this? You know, but Islam gave me purpose, you know, and uh, that purpose started to grow as far as in the, in the area of service, you know, the more I started to get better and heal and serve, I realized that that's what I'm supposed to do. I've always supposed to have done that. And, and, and that's what it led me to when getting out, um, with the struggles of trying to, to, to live in a world that I'm not familiar with. Because another part of my story is I went to prison as a teenager. I was a teen. Hmm. Um, uh, 18 years old uh, when I went to prison and for over 20 some years of my life, you know what I mean? Was confined and course institutionalized, institutionalized. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know nothing about being a man as far as taking care of a family as far as wife and children. Um, you know what my true responsibility with the public was or nothing like that. Um, I had an Islamic, eyes Islamic perspective but living life was sort of different that was different for me so for me to get out of that place out of out of prison uh, in 2012 it took me a little bit of adjusting mm. <laughs> you know chasing masjid to masjid that's that's, that's another point did you get out at the same time or is it about a little bit before you yeah. yeah you know one of the things that's really impressive of all of you is I think the most dangerous thing is recidivism because there's so many people that become Muslim in in prison and and they're protected in that environment because it, it is a safe space in that way, you know, because the temptations aren't there, the difficulties, the old life. And I think one of the worst things about our parole system is this idea that they have to go back to the places. You know, it's it's like somebody, you're trying to cure them of malaria and you send them back to the malaria swamp. And so a lot of people end up in the, that old environment and then they see somebody that they used to know back in the day and suddenly they're back on drugs or they're doing these things. So all of you have just not only maintained the dean but grown in the dean. I mean, I consider, you know, see Yusuf, uh, I know like what he studied and, and I'm sure I'm just learning now about yes. you, but I know you guys sat down and, you, you know, you 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 did what Malcolm did of using that time. You know, Malcolm talks in the autobiography where he says that the prison was his, that was his college. You know, like you, you educated yourself because you had to learn. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Maybe just, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that was, that part right there was uh, learning. A, a lot of us had the similar experience of getting a Dean, just getting a book or a pamphlet. And that was it, right? But I made the effort. I, I forgot. I think it was I was hearing about you visiting the other prisons, you know, Sheikh uh, Hamza Yusuf going to Vacaville and Soledad and other places, and I and I wanted to meet you. Then I heard Zaytuna about that opening up. And once that happened, I started writing letters, right? Yeah. You know, and the first person that responded to my letter was uh, Harun uh, Seller. A good brother. Yeah, alhamdulillah. And he sent um, uh, Agenda to Change Condition 
And it was another one, um, Root um, Islam yeah, Education. Root is, yeah, Root Islamic Education. Yes, yeah. yeah, that was the two that he sent. And immediately when I got books, I probably it was probably wasn't legal, but we were photocopying the bu- books. And, no, no, we, you know, we, that well, that's okay. Fine. All yeah, right, yeah. so I we were photo. Yeah, we yeah. were photocopying them and passing them out on the yard, sitting in halakha on the prison yards yeah. and reading those books, you know. And that was like our first co- contact with the outside world during that time and um at, as muslims and we were just starting to study uh the fiqh um uh, imam malik yeah. and um and it was originally introduced through muhammad sharif at, uh at one of the other institutions that i was not at the sankori yeah, yeah i wasn't there i was never at vacaville or solano so yeah. we were heard about he that as well he did amazing work too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he did he translated all those amazing yes. yeah uthman and folio exactly brother. so when we started hearing about this, and and then uh, Sheikh Salik and others coming to Zaytuna and Zaid, Imam Zaid, everybody migrating there, Imam Tahir, um, we continued to thirst for the knowledge. And once the um, the, the the session started, I wanted the book. I wanted copies. I remember getting the first Akhdari Al Akhdari. It had draft copy right. across the top right and i said well i mean alhamdulillah you know and we would sit together all of us and study al-akhdari that's how many of the brothers learned their salat which is one of the best books to learn the prayer from yeah yeah Yeah. and then it was ibn asher after that yeah you know um but we pretty much had all of all of the material that was coming out at uh zaytuna then in hayward we were getting copies of it uh whether it was usama sending them to us harun you know, the different brothers, uh, Khadija, I believe. Yeah, O'Connell. Yeah, Con- yes. They were sending us material, and it gave us opportunity. And interesting, you know, the, the prison started feeling threatened as well because we were bringing so much peace <laughs> to the yard, and it wasn't no fighting and wars, right? We were literally having programs on the yard yeah. with other races Allah and everybody, yeah. right? And Which you know part of the control in those prisons is racial. Yes. Like when I first went into the prisons, one of the the biggest shocks that I got was the racialization of the communities. Like I had no idea they had racial lockdowns, which I understood later because of the violence (laughs) between the different groups. But Mm -hmm. that divide and conquer approach, Mm -hmm. which, you know, gets to some deep, uh, right. socio-political right. understandings about how societies are controlled. Yes. But you know that, that that control mechanism of keeping these races separate mm-hmm. and, 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 and then the Muslims seen as, as black. Right. You know, because right. I remember I went in, I gave a khutbah once in Vacaville and, and, and one, one of the young brothers came up to me afterwards and said, where are you from? And I, and I, and I, I said, well, I grew up in, Tam- in Marin County. And he said, mm-hmm. uh, Marin City? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, because that's where that's was when I grew up. It was all African-American. Right. And he said, so where are you from? I said, Tam Valley. And then he said, uh, so who, like, is your mother or your father who? Like, he was trying to work out. He thought I was African-American, mm. you know, and I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm like Irish. American. He's like, I thought you had to be black to be Muslim. Like he mm. literally said that to me, right. you know, because that was his. He was very young and he was just coming into the dean. Right. And that was his understanding. Right. He he um, when we when we as we were studying the dean and 
everybody on the prison yard would see us going to the chapel area doing classes. We started doing them on our yard as well so that we could draw more people in. Then timeness started. So the curriculum that we developed through the organization that later became our organization, Timeless, that's how we was able to bring in other races as well. Because at first, when we first started the self-help programs, we were trying to get people out of gangs and things like that. So many of the programs we were developing were really off the principles of Maharam Lisan, Maharam Kalu, yeah, without saying that it was Islam, right? right? So many of the tech, uh, we got like nine different courses that we created through Timeless, that were for everybody universal. I know. And I, and I really, that to me, I think is something I really appreciate what you did. Cause you recognize that these are things that you don't just have to be Muslim to benefit from. I mean, our religion right. has those universal principles. You know? Right. Right. So, I mean, that, that really drew people in and to the point where, uh, before I left, before me and Sharif, all of us left, we had a waiting list. It was a waiting list to be in our program. And, um, you know, because they would have a maximum of 50 people that could come in the child hall area. We outgrew the chapel. <laughs> we couldn't even fit in the chapel anymore. So um, we had to, we went from the gymnasium That's to the, amazing. you know, yeah. cafeteria. Then it was a waiting list. So later becoming uh, a 501c3, it was the bear Muslims that actually paid for us to establish the nonprofit uh, 501c3 we didn't have any money I just got home and they heard the story and and the Muslims here at MCA actually paid for the 501c3 to be established so and uh, that's yeah. how we uh, established the organization and, yeah, and you start with a handful of people and yes. now you've got like 80 employees yes and seven places and hopefully I mean I see this thing is getting even much bigger like right. I I really see Something right. We actually got something going on in the Bay Area uh, in San Francisco due to Abdul Mukman's efforts. He's been doing work out there if he want to share. Yeah, great. That. So, Abdul Mukman, mashallah. Assalamu alaikum. So, you want me to share about what you're doing, the work you're doing, yeah. Uh, so, I was actually accepted to a fellowship to work with the district attorney's office in San Francisco um, and looking at uh, alternatives to traditional prosecution and reducing racial disparities within the jail in San Francisco. So <clears throat> from there, uh, it opened a conversations and allowed me an opportunity to network. And uh, inshallah, we may be having opportunities to uh, create housing programs or duplicate the housing programs that we already have inshallah. in Southern California. So, Allah Akbar. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. And Mansoor, like, you, did you come after or how did, how did you come into this? I got to introduce this part because okay. this, this, I can we were tell in the though same that housing this is, because this is your seat. He's my VP. Your VP, yeah. He's, yes, Mashallah. he's, uh, he's someone, you're talking about sacrifice. Yeah, this brother right here, before I left prison, he was still there and I told him, I needed him to just literally take over, you know. Um, like I need Allah. you to, you know, keep this thing going. Going inside. And inside. I had, yes, yeah. I asked Sharif, because Sharif got out a little bit before I did. Yeah, what did he think about Mansoor? And he said, oh, that's a beautiful brother, a good brother. He's cool. He gets along with everybody. Yeah. And, I, and I saw that, too. That's I was just verifying yeah. it with Sharif. And um, and I just left him. I said, you got it. You're going to become the chairman of such and such. Yeah. Right? And he said, okay. 
He just said, okay. Hello. And Hello. When he, once he finally <laughs> came home, he literally just came home, and I, and I was giving a lecture in, uh, in Southern California, actually at a church cafeteria, telling them the importance of helping folks that are coming out of prison, the homeless, et cetera. Right. I didn't have anybody to work for me in L.A. Yeah. I was still here in the Bay Area. Yeah. So he was there, and I said, you ready? You want a job? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I said, I can only pay you $200 a month. And he took it. He said, I, I, I don't care. I said, you could stay at the house because that's going to be our first house in mm-hmm. 2015. And he, yeah. and he took, took it on. And yeah. he had just got married. So, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. <laughs> Mansoor. The, well, the one given victory. Well, yeah. He gave it to me, too. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> you know, and my wife still thanks him for that 200 Allah a month. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. No, it's, it's, it's beautiful, you know, and it, to come out and not be a number, you know. Right. And then you see other people that are still labeled as numbers. Yeah. I had to do something. I had to be a part of that. Allah you know? And Yusuf gave me that lead. You know, he gave me the opportunity to discover what the dean was about. Yeah. And he shared that with everybody. And even when they was telling us, you can't pray outside. Mm. <laughs> Remember that part? <laughs> You know, so it, it's it's amazing to be a part of something bigger than myself. Alhamdulillah. That's, yeah. That's what being a Muslim's about. Yeah. Being part of something bigger than yourself and finding out you're somebody that can help another person. Yeah. Not just with your words, but with your soul. You know, that's connecting everybody together. You know, and I listened to you talk today and I was amazed. Alhamdulillah. I was at peace. I mean. Alhamdulillah. The environment itself is just taking me to another level. Alhamdulillah. You know, one of the gifts of going through the experience that you have been through, like a lot, I I spent two weeks in in jail in uh, in Niger, and it was horrible. Like I was in a, I was with somebody. He he lives in the Bay Area now, Hassan Barrett. Uh, we were in like this this hell. I mean, it was just we got arrested as, for being Libyan spies because <laughs> I I was there. I was like eighteen years old and I was there in uh, speaking Arabic. I was just learning Arabic and I was sent there to f- for you know by somebody I was working with at the time who wanted to uh, to engage the Tuareg people, and so I was down there. And uh, so this guy arrested us, and he put us in this. It was just one room. It smelled like piss. You know, it was just urine. And and uh, and then every day he would kind of interrogate us and do this. And that was like just those two weeks were so long and so drawn out. And so, but, you know, day in and day out, learning to live one day at a time, you know, of just doing that. The beauty of it is when you come out, if you have something like Islam, to, to keep you from ever going back to a place like that. Because one of the gifts is when you've been to hell, you know, they say that a, a, a religious person is somebody that doesn't want to go to hell, but a spiritual person is somebody who's been to hell and doesn't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm amazed by that. You know, just I'm touched. And to be able to express myself and, and to, you were talking about freedom. You know, and I always thought I was locked up, but actually I was freed. Right. To be inside and, yeah. and to become a Muslim, to understand yeah. what it's about. Alhamdulillah. You know, yeah. To honor my faith. Yeah. Know, so. Well, this is why, I mean, I really feel like 
you know, some of the communities, the disenfranchised communities, communities that have been traditionally, you know, I mean, there's so many different variables and different reasons why we have these dysfunctionalities in our society. But this is a community that, on the one hand, the the survival of the community, you know, and the spirit that that the the African American community, and I'm talking about the community that came here uh, in, in, on ships and in chains and things, the 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 survival of that community is amazing. And, and actually the notables that have come out of that community, despite incredible odds, I mean, you think in the past. So this is something I feel like Islam, you know, when it initially came with the, uh, the nation, which I think, you know, there's a lot of positive things about that um, organization, but it, it, it didn't have the type of Islam that we have in places like Senegal and Gambia and places where... Uh, you know, most of you have ancestors from people that were Muslim, you know, because I can see the physiognomy in your faces, you know, and know where, where you're from in West Africa. As I lived there, I got, got to know it. So most African-Americans have Islamic roots that they don't know about. But, um, to, you know, Islam to me is a solution to the greater community because the, the problem that they have, you know, I mean, now all these problems are universalized. Like a lot of these problems were in uh, specific communities, but now these problems are becoming universalized. So I just feel like what you have to offer, because you have, you've seen it. And I mean, we're sitting here with Sidi Yusuf. People have no idea the story that he has, where he came from, the the type of um, violent environment you know, that he came out of. And then I see you now, I, I see the light in your face, the light of Islam, and I know the knowledge that you've acquired, and it's just, it's inspiring. And I feel like, I just, to see this spread amongst a community that is probably in some ways more devastated now, and I'm talking about a certain segment, there's another segment of the community that's thriving, and, and that community tends to be Christian, you know, mm-hmm. that, that have intact families that, you know, but the communities that are really suffering, that a lot of people, you know, I mean, a lot of people that, that, that are from uh, the immigrant Muslim community, they have no idea because they, they grow up in very sheltered environments very often. And, uh, and so they really don't know the struggles that go on in this community. And what I'm interested in is I really feel, and this is why, um, you know, the support that I think you need and your organization and people like you, people like Tobias Tubbs and others who I had on here because right. uh, I really love that man. But the, um, the, what I see is the Prophet, I said him, he said, God will give you victory based on how you treat the weakest amongst you. And one of the things that Salah uh, al-Ayyubi would always do before he had any battles he would go and distribute uh, charity to all the poorest people. Mm. Like, that, that was a strategy with him. Mm. And, and I think our community needs to be more aware of, you know, I mean, I'll give you an example. Siraj Wahaj, Imam yeah. Siraj, yeah. Who's, who's, you know, beloved brother of all of us. I mean, I've known Imam Siraj for years. Mm-hmm. He went and he... Um, raised money to build mosques all over this country, and yet he was never given the support 
to develop his own mosque in Brooklyn, in the inner city, working with some of the poorest, most disenfranchised people. And I really feel like the Muslim community, if they were aware of... Another one is Asma, Asma Hanif. I mean, I love that sister. You know, she's working with battered women mm-hmm. in the inner city, and she's like, she's been homeless. She's a, she's a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like a highly educated woman who chose to serve in that community. Do you know? So these are the things that, that's why I'm interested in it. I want to see our community get victory from God and flourish in a society that we're seeing decline rapidly because we're not taking care of the people that need to be taken care of. And when we, actually, when we started our growth in, in loss in the Southern California area, it was actually a Catholic church that, that seen it, seen the vision mm-hmm. that I had. I met with a CEO. Uh, her name is uh, Dr. Adams, uh, Valicia Adams, uh, of St. Joseph, right? A Catholic establishment pretty much. And, and she's seen a need, uh, what we were doing, because our presence of helping them to address the homeless crisis. They didn't really know. They, had be, was, they received the most support from the government at the time to address the homeless crisis in Southern California. Um, but she needed help. And she actually reached out to me, and we met for about three hours, and we've been together ever since, since 2018. Um, so some of the contracts that we have are subcontracts through her organization, which is one of the biggest homeless service providers in L.A. People County. don't realize that, you know, how... Like the Catholics are our natural allies in a lot of these things because right. they're they're motivated by religion. Right. Like the state sees it as a problem. Right. Muslims see these as opportunities. Mm. It's a completely mm. different approach. Mm-hmm. You know, they literally they see this as a problem. We have, what are we going to do? Muslims yeah. see that here's Allah's given me an opportunity to get close to Him through service. Right. Of the weakest amongst us. Right. You know, and from those weak, it's like, you know, in chess, you have chess, you know, like a pawn. The beauty of the pawn is if it gets to the end of the of of the of the of the 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 board and makes it to the other side, it becomes the most powerful. It mm. becomes the most powerful mm. uh, of all the. Uh, right. So that that's like somebody like you, like you started out there in in the lowest position and you. You know, Allah Akbar, you were able to turn your life around and do these things. And so that's, like, if we would do that and focus more on that, I just see this community getting yes. a tawfiq, a success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And part of why I'm doing this is, I mean, to be totally full disclosure, I want to see Zaytuna successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because mm-hmm. I want to see... Colleges and universities in this country. I want to see curriculum like the mm-hmm. curriculum that, mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah, we were, um, mm-hmm. you know, that we were able to provide for you in the prison. I mm-hmm. want to see this stuff spread all over this country, mm-hmm. and so I feel like we have to do more work. And that's why I was going. I want to get in touch with some some of the roots that I started out doing because that's where right. I started when I got back to this country. Right, right. Alhamdulillah. Well, I mean, you know, the Muslims definitely can help, can assist us. Uh, you know, our website can be found at um, timelessgroup.org. Um, that's not... Timeless. It, timeless. T-I-M-E-L-E-S-S. Yeah. No, timeless. T-I-M-E-L-I-S-T. G-R-O-U-P. Oh, timeless. Yeah. yeah. 
T-I-M-E-L-I-S-T. Yes. MashaAllah. Yeah, so you have a monthly donor. There's a tax-deductible donation. Right. You know, and inshallah, yeah, we'll get as many people as we can to do that. And like I said, I don't, I don't, like a lot of people ask for endorsements and things like that. Right. And I, and I, so I don't, like Zaytuna, we don't do it. Right. But I'm personally, I know who you are, alhamdulillah, and, and, and we've known each other for, for over 20, we're going on like 24 years now. Right. So, you know, and I know where your heart is, inshallah. I still have the letter too. I should have brought it. I don't know how I forgot the letter um, that she wrote with the questions oh because i, I yeah. remember even asking you about the term city yeah you told me to start using that term years ago because i was saying we in prison you know we you know brothers are walking around calling themselves sheikh and amir or uh, imam all kind of <laughs> stuff right and and you said just use city yeah. right <laughs> and ever since that's how i learned that that word yeah, you know from that letter it's a, it's a from North that African word it's yeah. just like it's really like mister yeah yeah. yeah. Like they yeah. call me Mr. Right. Tibbs. Right. <laughs> you know, right. It's just like, right. it's a digni- you know, you're just honoring somebody. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I took it and I think we use it. Everybody got that word from that letter. Even the brother Sharif, everybody started using that from that one letter from 19, what, 97? <laughs> yeah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I want to hear from Charles. Yes. Inshallah. Yeah. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. So, um, just sitting around today, uh, listening to everyone talk, um, thinking about how I got here today, I was kind of like a late bloomer. So, I was always hanging around the brothers. Uh, you know, my true story is the fact that uh, I was intimidated by Islam. Because for me, all I wanted to do was change, to be a better man. So I put myself around men like Yusuf, men like Mansoor, Sharif, Mookman. MashaAllah. I actually knew Yusuf before he was Yusuf. And then Mashallah. I learned about Yusuf in 2007. So I just stayed around him. And I just continued to tell myself daily, that I want to rewrite my history. I want to be a better man. Yeah. I don't want to be seen as a gang member. I don't want to be seen as a prisoner. Yeah. And so for me, you know, I used to watch the brothers pray and study. Um, you know, I go to Juma, things like that, and just learning because I never grew up on religion. Mm. And inside of prison, there was always conflict between religions. But I was spiritual. I understood that there was a God. I understood that I needed to do right. And that was my path. That was the only path to help me stay around the brothers. And so the reason why I say I'm a late bloomer is because I didn't take my shahada until I got out of prison. And it was two years ago. MashaAllah. And it was a beautiful thing. I, I was ready. You know, I had already fed my heart. I fed my character. Uh, you know, the moral side of me was ready to make the commitment. MashaAllah. Along with just doing the work for Timeless. And that had helped me tremendously to give back to the community, to the people. Like they say, you give it back, you keep it. 
Right. Right. It reminds me every day that regardless of what I go through, good or bad, I have to be able to respond in the right way. You know, just sometimes just sitting up here talking about it, you know, my heart trembles because I know how, how real it is. If you speak it into existence, if you speak it from your tongue, you got to be about it every day. Alhamdulillah. And so, I know y'all can hear me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just with that, you know, just being able to give back to the community, to the homeless population. And a lot of times when you give it back to the homeless population, you give it back to the disabled, the ones who haven't struggled with dealing with mental health. You know, we all come from trauma, traumatic experiences that produces PTSD that sticks with us, right? right? So it's like us just continue to serve the community through timeless. It's an amazing thing. And we're just trying to continue to grow and grow and touch as many lives as we can. And that's part of rewriting our history. And so, I mean, I think for, to me, that's the heart of the message is that you have... You know, everybody, we were talking earlier about the Prophet said that the dunya sijin al mu'min, that this world is the prison of the believer. And so you're either serving time or using it as time to serve. And, and, and those are the two people on the planet. You know, if you're not serving others, you know, then you're, you're just serving time. You're wasting, you're wasting life. And, uh, you know, it's just what you all are doing to me is it's just so important and that's that's what you know la yahuddu ala ta'am al-miskin the the quran says one of the things about the disbelievers is that they don't encourage the feeding of the poor and that, and that obviously is not just physical food but it's spiritual food because we're body and soul so we need physical sustenance we also need spiritual sustenance you know and and that that's part of, I think, the mission, right, is to not just provide, but to help people turn their lives around and, and, and get on the right path. And this, this is where I think Islam just has so much to offer this community. I mean, you know, I'm talking about the greater American community that's in, it's, it's in serious crises. I mean, we see it all around us. We, these young people, I don't care what group they're from or what they're they're in trouble um and and you know one of the things that thomas cleary and i know you guys had some of the tapes you know thomas clearly cleary you know may allah have mercy on his soul he was i've been because he passed away last a couple weeks ago and uh and i've been grieving you know for like several days now thinking about him the time i spent with him what he did for our religion but one of the things that he told me, he said that Islam has solutions for this country, like real solutions for some of the biggest problems in this country. And he said, but the Muslims need to provide those solutions without ulterior motives or without a desire to proselytize, but literally just to help the people. Right. Because he said that Americans can't think about thinking about Islam. Like that that's how difficult. One of the things I loved about Tobias Tubbs is like he was on the Kelly Clarkson show and, and 
telling, like he had one of the brothers that he really helped. He had a 17-year correspondence with him in prison, helping this man grow. And he never once mentioned that he was Muslim. Mm. Because what will happen, if he said he was Muslim when he first came on, automatically there's a whole group of people that aren't going to like him Mm. just because he told him that. But he's a very likable person, so... First, they'll like him. Then they find out he's Muslim. Now they have a, they have a pattern disruption. <laughs> they have to work out, yeah. whoa, like I like this guy, and, but he's a Muslim. Right. So then it becomes you, you've, you've crossed a barrier that we need, to, we need to get across with people in this country. I believe that's one of the things we, we do, too. And uh, recently, um, when we had Eid, actually the day you called me, the most recent time you called me, we were, we did our eat at the at our office at the office yeah, at, sure. at one of our offices. So, you know, and some of our staff that are not Muslim are asking questions and things like that. And and I think one of the things Charles didn't say about his uh, transition is um, we we've been hanging out together and he's been coming to Juma and all these things and we never pressured him to become Muslim. And then just one day we went to a banquet in Fresno and he went, we all went together and um, he just realized it just dawned on him that all my brothers, everybody that's helped me has been Muslim. Mm. It's been the Muslims. And when we got back, he was ready to take a shot. So, you know, it just dawned on him. Like all of this time has been Muslims, you know? And, uh, and I think that was profound because we never put pressure on him. Yeah. And we treated them like one our own. Yeah. So, no compulsion in the religion. Right. It has to come naturally. They, you know, they, they, I mean, we've got, you know, the munafiq is the, the lowest, uh, that's the lowest person in our, in our religion. And it's a person who doesn't really believe. So when it's real, when it, like you said, when the heart trembles mm. with the faith, then mm. subhanAllah. You know, one of the things Dr. Assad gave my dad, Shahada, Mm. Um, and part of the reason was because he took such good care of him because in his in the last stage of his life he was really suffering a lot he had cancer and he was living with me but Dr. Assad spent so much time with him and my dad loved the Muslims generally and he'd read a lot of Ghazali but uh, that's part of it is just being out there and doing the same but I want Dr. Assad just to like I'm looking at you guys and I and I'm not exaggerating. Like I see light in your faces. I see the light of Islam. I see the power of this faith. And and I know I know where you came from, Yusuf City Yusuf, and I and I know like just how incredible the transformation in your life has been and who you are now today and what you're doing and the goodness that you're bringing in the world, because you were very, I mean, incredibly young, like just, you know, you were like a, really a kid uh, when, when, when things went down for you. But, I mean, I really see light, and I just want Dr. Assad, he's been here, he was here earlier with the conversation we had over uh, the meal that uh, Sister Saima provided for us. But, you know, I just want him to just give people that are listening a sense of, who these people are that are sitting with us and <laughs> and why we should be supporting you guys. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Um, it's hard to put into words, actually, because I think this has been an experience that I, I didn't expect. So 
One of the things that I find is a blessing being around people who discover the faith anew when it's something you've been born with. When you're born with wealth, you don't know what you have, right? And I remember even as a youth meeting converts and just being blown away by how they, you know, they grasp something and they sink their teeth into it. Um, And you live with a great deal of awe of how could I have neglected something so precious in my midst? How many people have I met that I didn't share this with? Um, And I'm reminded, and I I think it's very powerful to see with your eyes, I, I think you know, one thing that the listeners will miss is, is, is the nur that, that, that I can see in this place, the light on people's faces, because this religion is real and its transformative power is very real. Um, and to be reminded of that power that sometimes you can take for granted, to be reminded of that power um, makes you feel a renewed sense of urgency to share it with others. And if you can't do it yourself, then to at least be amongst those who support those who are doing it. You know, so one of the things that's important is, as Sheikh Hamza was telling us earlier, there's a difference between your sphere of influence and your sphere of concern. And so some of us don't have a sphere of influence in the places that you guys are doing work. That's your sphere of influence, but our sphere of concern. So it's very important that we support you guys in your spheres of influence um, and to do whatever we can from afar to, to have your backs. And, you know, one of the things that's amazing is just sitting here with you all you can feel that the brotherhood of Islam, it's, it's instantaneous and it's real. Um, and the ukhuwa is a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, it's something that no matter, you, you know, no matter how much you spend, you could not create it. Um, and it's, it's not artificial and it's not manufactured. So alhamdulillah, at least in me, you guys have a lifetime supporter of, of Timeless. Um, I think you guys are walking the talk and, and it's amazing to see the work because you hear about it from far away, but you, you sort of, you know, I know Sidi Yusuf for a while, but I don't know the details of what it is that you're doing um, and the lives that you're impacting. And so to see it is, is really amazing. Um, so I would encourage everybody uh, to really support people who are doing this kind of work uh, in ways that, that, that we can't reach. So, uh, you know, at, at least if, if we can't be among you, then we can be among those who support you, inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Alhamdulillah. It was a great blessing to see all of you. I'm glad we, we kind of had a whole other trajectory today. We thought we'd, we were supposed to be somewhere else, but we were meant to be here. You know, so Alhamdulillah. Um, I feel like I mean, one of the things that, um, that's, that's happening in our culture now is there's, there's so much divisiveness. There's so much like separating people, getting people to doubt and to just, you know, really to be suspicious of everybody. And, I mean, the be- for me, one of the beauties of this faith that I saw early on was just the, uh, the power that it has to really bond people. And, and it's very often a quick bond. You know, the, uh, the, the Prophet ﷺ, the Qur'an says that, لَوْ انْفَقْتَ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا مَا أَلَّفْتَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهَ أَلَّفَ بَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ that had you spent everything that was in the earth, you couldn't have brought the hearts together, but Allah will bring the hearts together. You know, that that's, that's the power of the religion, you know, is to, to bring hearts together. And, and begin, one of the things about, you know, we know, we know that physiologically, you're next to somebody, the hearts actually start to entrain together. Literally beating like in the same. It's like women that live in the same house together, their uh, menstrual cycles will synchronize. 
and they'll start having menstrual cycles at the same time. So there's an entrainment that happens when you're with people, and that's why company is so important, like the company you keep. Because if you're in bad company, you entrain with bad people. And, and when you're in good company. And so the Prophet said, when he told people to line up in the prayer, he said, you know, shoulder to shoulder, don't let the hearts, you know, separate. Because the hearts will entrain in a prayer. Like all the hearts that are praying in those lines will start beating like one heart, which is amazing. You know, that Allah uh, has made that part of our physiology, you know, that we beat as one, one heart when we come together. So the, uh, the great Imam al-Haddad, one of the mujaddid of the 13th century, he said that al-Islamiyyah that the Islamic uh, fraternity and sorority, you know, this, this brotherhood and sisterhood of Muslims, he said it's a tree that's watered with a mutual visitation. You know, <laughs> just visiting and getting to know one another. لِتَعَارَفُ You know, we made you all these different phenotypes, you know, that Allah has made us all. You know, we look, we look physically different and yet we're the same. We have two eyes, a nose, a mouth. You know, we're, we're the same human beings, you know. And, but Allah has put لِتَعَارَفُ To come to know one another, you know, and just to recognize that the, the essential things that bind us are so much greater than these incidental things uh, that, that uh, make the differences. And so the demons want to focus on all the things that make us different, which are all incidental, and make us forget the essential things that bind us together. Uh, and, and that's the beauty of Islam, is that we reject that narrative. Like, you don't, one of the things, even though we know shaitan exists, we don't say, I believe in shaitan. It's not an article of faith. You don't say, I'm meant to be, you know, and then say Iblis's name. We don't say that, right? We know he exists, but we don't say, I believe in Iblis. We say, I believe in Allah, you know, and then I believe in the evil that he's created, but I'm not going to give Iblis the dignity of saying, I believe in him, Right? We reject him. A'udhu billahi min shaitan al-rajim. I mean, that's where we... So right now, our culture, we have all these demonic forces working to try to separate us. And you guys, to me, are an angelic force that's trying to unite people and bring people together. And one of the ways, the Prophet ﷺ, when he first went to Medina, the very first khutbah he gave, this is the first khutbah, so you can imagine, here's the... the the Prophet of Allah comes into this city, the first message that he's going to give to these people in this city. And the very first thing that he said was, Afshu salam, wa at'imu ta'am, wa seel al-arham, wa sallu bil-layli wa nasu niyam, tadkhul al-jannata bis-salam. That's the first khutbah. He said, spread peace. Because if you don't have physical security, you have nothing. And then he said, feed, feed those who need food. Bring your kinship bonds together. Beni Adam, that's the biggest kinship bond, that we're all the children of Adam and Eve. And, and we're all brothers and sisters in one family. 
We just have different branches of it, but it's one family. We all come from the same family. And then pray in the, in the night, give some time to night prayers, and you will enter paradise in peace. So he began with peace, and he ended with peace. Right? And this, this, that's the first khutbah that he gave in Medina. That's the message of Islam. Spread peace, feed those who need feeding, you know, maintain your kinship bonds, have some devotion, time, give time to God, just gratitude of all the blessings that we have. And then when we die, inshallah, we enter paradise. You know, we, inshallah, we're, we're on couches right now in the Jannah. Allah says they're on couches facing one another. And, and we will remember these days. Quran says that we will 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 remember these days. <laughs> Allahu Akbar. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Sidi Yusuf? Any? No, JazakAllah Khair, Sheikh. Um, I just, I first of all, I just want to thank everybody that's uh, been involved here today. Just being able to the hospitality, you know, um, Feridun, his family. And appreciate it uh, welcoming us here um, with open arms. And, you know, um, these are profound things. It can't really be put in words, actually. So I just want to acknowledge that. And, um, you know, we're here to support. I mean, wherever the Muslims need the support as well, in any kind of way, um, you know, we're fully supporting Zaytuna as well. Um, that's where it all started for many of us in terms of our knowledge of Dean. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to say I appreciate the support. At the, any support we get at Timeless is welcome. So, inshallah. Yeah, no, I really encourage people, you know, to give you guys uh, support. And inshallah, hopefully, you know, if we can uh, get the this documentary uh done you know really exposed and people see visually what's happening we have some amazing people in 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 this country doing amazing work your group is one of them we have really interesting people rami nashashibi is a good example in chicago with iman you know i mean really doing amazing work but real wealth the prophet said that qana'a is kanzun la yafna that contentment is a treasure that's never exhausted and he said, nafs, that real wealth is to be enriched in the self. You know, and, and you can have that in prison. You could be the, the richest man in the world in prison if, 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 you, if you really, if you know, if you know your Lord and, and you know where you are, right? You can be the richest man. And people can be in palaces and they're in the worst prisons because what's between in their mind, they're just, you know, uh, Dr. Assad's family's from Libya. Gaddafi never had a good night's sleep. He had to take drugs to go to sleep. He never slept in the same palace once. He'd have to move around because he's always worried about getting that. What kind of life is that? You know, these people, they don't, public servants, you know, people have no idea how terrible their lives are. You know, and a lot of them are bad, but a lot of them are, are actually really decent people. Like I learned that when I was, was on a commission. And I, I was really struck by people. You know, I have some people that I know, Muslims, that, that work uh, like uh, somebody like, uh, you know, there's, there's a guy, Arsalan, who I knew early on, you know, amazing lawyer. 
you know, was a public servant, or there's another person I know, Razi. I just um, contacted him just, you know, just to help with, with a situation that I had. But, you know, real public servants, like the meaning of that. But for me, what you're doing, the type of service you're doing, is where this country has to go. You know, it has to go to, like, ta'awunu al-birri wa taqwa. Help one another in righteousness and in, in this conscientiousness, this piety that makes you aware of your Lord. Like, that's where this country has to go. I don't think anything, everything that is problematic in this country is from ourselves, from not relying on God. It's just a loss of, of the divine, the loss of the sacred, uh, the loss of awareness of what family is, the role that family has in, in integrating lives into, you know, flourishing. You know, like real uh, falah. You know, hayya ala al-falah. That's what Allah says. Come to success. Like, that's, that's what we want to take to the people. You know, it's just... The success I see in your faces, you know, which which is, it's the success of iman. It's a real success because you can be homeless even and have that success, right? I mean, the Prophet sallallahu I was saying earlier, the the ahl sufa, they were homeless people living outside the masjid, homeless people, and he fed them every single day. I worked out that he fed at least four hundred fifty thousand meals in the thirteen years that he was in Medina, he fed the homeless almost half a million meals. So feeding the home, people talk about sunnah, they think sunnah is growing a beard and clipping your mustache. and that, Those are all part of the prophetic teaching, but the sunnah of the prophet is feeding the homeless, clothing the naked. You know, these are the things that, uh, you know, th- these, these are the real sunnah of our prophet, Sallallahu that's what he and that's how he transformed the world and that's how his people transformed the world and then knowledge i mean you have to take care of those physical if you look at you know they call it maslow's hierarchy of needs right the prophet's hierarchy of needs actually is superior to maslow's pyramid of course because it's our prophet so and he's he's the best of creation but his he understood you have to have security and we know a lot of these communities don't have basic security. So how can you worship God if you're hearing gunshots going off all the time? And, you know, like Chicago, what's happening in Chicago, those poor people, you know, they, don't, they deserve better than that. You know, and, and, and then the next is, is food. And, and, and then the next is family, you know. And then the next is the spirituality, like that, you can't go, you need the spirituality at all those levels, but it's not going to be real until people are secure, they have what they need. Because if you don't have, the Prophet ﷺ talked about faqar munsi, uh, like poverty that makes you forget everything. You can't remember God. When you're thinking about you're hungry and you need your next meal, or you're homeless and you're in an environment where you don't even feel safe, because some of these women, you know, these women end up getting, uh, you know, raped and accosted in these situations. How, 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 how can you feel secure? How can you remember God when that's, that's your situation? So we're people that we, we spread peace. Like we're the people that come in and make environments secure. 
this, this is what we do. This is what Muslims are meant to do in any, in any situation they find themselves in. So that's, that's my inspiration with what you're doing. And I just, I, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to really, inshallah may Allah give you tawfiq in everything you're doing. I'm, I'm honored today to meet you all. Abdul Mumin, Sharif, Mansoor, Charles. I mean, I've known um, Sayyidi Yusuf for many years, but it's just to see the people he's working with, to to see your faces. Yeah, I want. I mean, I want to keep this because this is important. Yeah, because people don't understand this. Because this is what what people don't realize is the Prophet came into a gang environment. You know, a gang is a tribe. So they had gangs of lineage. You guys had the same thing, but it was just, it, it was a different type of tribe, you know. So I mean, that's a really important point you're bringing up. Yeah, actually me and Abdul Muhammad and Charles were from the same bloods. We were bloods and Sharif and Mansur were Crips. <laughs> and, and so we were enemies. Yeah, in, in the Jahiliya. In the Jahiliya. Yeah, Allah Akbar. So, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, there was even rivals within the gang. Because the same, the tribes were like that, right? So they had even within the same tribe, there was like, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah. But you know, and we don't even notice it or recognize it or see it. No, of course not. Yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, because because there's a ridiculousness to it. Right. Yeah, I mean that that's the reality of it. Tribalism. There's something really really silly about it. Right. And 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 the idea, like I always tell people. There's no such thing as racism. Mm -hmm. What there is is arrogance. That's the disease. It's the Mm -hmm. belief that one person is superior to another person because Mm -hmm. of something incidental, Mm -hmm. like where they were born or what What, their lineage is or or what their color of their skin Mm -hmm. or what block they're from in a neighborhood. (laughs) These are all, that's jahiliya. That's the essence of it. And the word, the amazing thing about Arabic is embedded in the words are deep understandings of reality. And in Arabic, the word jahal means ignorant, but it also means fanatic. Mm. Like a jahil is somebody who is, they're boiling over with rage. You know, the Arabs say jahilat al-ajfan, the cauldron boiled over. Mm. So, so the jahid is somebody, they're always exploding. Mm. And when you see people that are, that are ignorant, that's what they have recourse to. They don't have recourse to think because their minds haven't been open to thought yet. Mm-hmm. So they just, they, the default setting is just to get angry. Mm-hmm. And, and if you, you, know, you give that, them that, those abilities to understand their nature and who they are as human beings, you know, one of the things that Dr. Cleary talked a lot about was mistaking the guest for the host. Mm. So Iblis, the insinuations, like, why is he looking at me? Mm. You know, right. like, that's a, that's a suggestion. Mm. That's not the host. That's not you. Mm. That is a guest. Mm. If you let the guest take over the house, you're mm. finished. Mm. So you have to learn, we all have to learn to control our conditioned minds because that's all Iblis. So it's amazing that you guys, you know, and, and again, here's gets back to a point that I really want to drive home is that 
Iblis wants us to despair. Ablasa means he despaired. And they want us to despair that racism is the is just that's the way things are. Mm-hmm. They want us to despair that these social problems, that's just the way things are. All, it's not true. We know that. You all know that. Mm-hmm. You know it's not true. And that message is the message of hope that our religion has and, and that we know is true and that we've lived it and experienced it. And so that's the message we have to take people out. It's a, it's a, it's a message of profound hope, but it's not hope like that false hope. Right. It's real because we have living examples of people that have realized the truth of this religion. Yeah, and I just want to add that it's others too besides us, you know, that's here right now. Um, but you know, we're probably to have the closest connection besides maybe three or four that's missing right now. Um, and we've been we've been holding on for quite some time, and oh, and um, you know, all of us served quite a bit of time. Each one of us served more than it's twenty over 100 years. Years, yeah, yeah, like we're sitting in here over a mm-hmm. hundred years. Yeah, each one of us served. Uh, me and Sharif and and Abdul Mukman served twenty two years, and and uh, Mansoor and Charles served over twenty four, twenty five yeah. years. So, mashallah. Yeah, and there's no sense of that, mashallah. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know, I can see the goodness. You know, it's just subhanallah. Yeah. But and it's, I mean, the seed was there. That's the right. beauty of it. Like it, you know. Allah says, you know, had had he known that there was goodness in them, he would have caused them to hear. So the seed was there. You know, it's just the soil needed to be changed. Yeah. Right. It was it, a, it's, it's, there were good seeds, you know. Story, uh, when I was at Calipatra, I know we were talking earlier, and you had mentioned something about one of the brothers being at Calipatra, and that's where we knew each other from. Yeah. So when we were at Calipatra, and... We wanted so badly to be connected to the Muslims in Africa, right? Just before we knew anything about yeah, Zaytuna. Sure. I don't think Zaytuna existed yet. Yeah. It was actually in 94. Yeah, 96 is when we Yeah, came so in 94, um, we were like, man, let's just pick a country. So we went into the chapel and just opened up like a geography book and yeah. started. One of the brothers picked Sudan, and I picked Mauritania. Allah Akbar. Without <laughs> seriously, I was amazing. like, and then later on, come to find out that <laughs> that's what the, the teaching was came teaching. from, and, that, and that's all the yeah, teaching. And this that is ninety four. Yeah, mashallah. So Allah yeah, yeah, that's very amazing. few people know that. That's story, amazing. Yeah, Allah Akbar. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. You know, we were speaking about um, the divisiveness yeah. and. Um, you know, how do we combat that? We look at our community, we look at society, we look at those that are disenfranchised and, you know, a lot of people that we serve. And what brought us together was the dean. Um, we didn't have a sense of what a true community looked like. Right. You know, we tried to find it in gangs. We, we, we came, you know, our nucleus, our family nucleus, you know, that nuclear family that you were speaking of earlier, um, all of us, I think, are byproducts of broken families, right. or a perception of a broken family. So we sought it, we sought out um, answers and solutions in the gang. And then when we found the dean, and you could, you know, I mean, if you look, even if you take a look at uh, the origin of Timeless, the original founding members were from all different uh, 
demographics, different races, different. And so, um, you know, what I feel is our, our society needs cohesiveness. You know, that proximity kind of, kind of, uh, uh, dispels division. And so, um, you know, I just, I think it's amazing. You know, this has been very, very uh, impactful for me because I, I remember, <laughs> like, I found I found out about your teachings prior to meeting you, so in in, in Donovan, R.J. Donovan in San Diego, and it was always impactful. And I never thought I'd ever meet you. Right, so now we're in this room. So yeah. when you guys were asking me a question earlier, I was like, "Yep, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> take it back." I'm, you know. Um, but I just appreciate, you know, the fact that you were doing what we are doing now with us. And right. so we're just returning that. Subhanallah. Continuing Yeah, no, that. thank you for that. that. Appreciate that. Yeah, mashallah. Yeah. The rope of Allah. Yeah, the rope of Allah. We all have to cling together to that rope. And, and it's a rope that will never be broken as long as you cling to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an unbreakable rope. Yeah. yeah, alhamdulillah. And its strands are, th- you know, ropes have those three strands. It's Iman, Islam, and Ihsan. That's the rope. Yeah. Allahu Akbar. You know, don't go into divisions. And, you know, so many Muslims, they become Muslim. And Allah says in the Quran, وَاَخْتَرَفُوا إِلَّا مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءُهُمْ الْعِلْمِ You know, بَغْيًا بَيْنَهُمْ that they don't divide until they get knowledge. I mean, that, and that's one of the dangers of knowledge. Is you start, it, it goes into the iblis, the superiority. Like I know more than him. Like, I know people that you know that they, like they learned about the deen through me, and then they ended up like like attacking me and like <laughs> saying all these things. I was like, Subhanallah, you know. Like I had one man. This is a true story. Went to my teacher in Mauritania, Marabd al Hajj al Fahfu, Allah He's a great teacher. And he went and, and he told him that Hamza, he left your minhaj. Like he, he, he went off your minhaj. And Marabd al Hajj said, How did he do that? He said, He sings uh, qasidas. And, and Marabd al Hajj said to him, Jaiz, you know, it's permissible. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't do it, you know. Like he recited poetry, but he, he didn't sing or anything. But he just said jazz, you know. Like <laughs> somebody was there who told me the story when I went and visited, and it just made me just. I thought, wow, to go all the way there to like backbite <laughs> I mean, to, to somebody you wouldn't even know existed, you know. It was just so strange for me, but that's you know, mashallah, it's a human condition. So we have to we have to try to just make allowances for our brothers and pray for our guidance, just like we would hope they would pray for our guidance. You know, we all make mistakes. Everybody make mistakes. I've made you know, people say, Oh, you're so and so, you're so and so and so I'm like, You don't know the half of it. You know, you <laughs> I'm glad Allah veiled me. <laughs> you know, Alhamdulillah. So anyway. This, this is life on earth. You know, it's a struggle, but it's a worthwhile struggle. And may Allah give us the, the strength to just, you know, keep fighting that good fight, you know, because it's real and victory is real. Mansur, inshallah, may, may we all be mansurun, you know, may we all. But like I said, Allah will give you that nasr 
You'll be Mansur because of what you do with the weakest among you. And that's why what you're doing for me is, this is the source of the victory of our community in this country. And that's why we have to support people like you and what you're doing, people like Asma Hanif um, and Rami Nashashibi. And there are many others. I mean, there's a lot, uh, Tobias Tubbs, all these people that are doing this work all over the country. If our community would be aware of these sources of good, you know, where where you can trust the people. Because unfortunately, in any organizations that you have bad apples and you have people that uh, misuse things and 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 i i don't i trust you fully about those type things but when if we'll support those things and then other people see it like oh hey muslims look what they're doing like people see in the cities you don't even have to proselytize that's how people became muslim traditionally it's like people saw wow those are muslims where did you get that? Well, our Prophet him. This is what he told us to do. He said, help people. You know, go and teach people. I had one of my teachers, uh, Habib Ahmed Mashhur al-Haddad. He, he was a Yemeni from a very, very notable clan. He was from the, the Ashraf. He used to go into East Africa, deep, where these villages, where people were naked. He would bring clothes, like robes, and and he used to like cover his eyes he so he didn't have to and he would preach islam to these people and then then he would distribute the robes and that nobody does does that anymore muslims used to do these things you know like go into these difficult places and and that's why until we restore that tradition in our community I don't see the Muslims getting any any getting out of the mess that we're in. But that's the secret. And you guys, you got it. And that's why may Allah give you the success that you need to do the work that you do. You're still uh, relatively young men. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of time. Yeah, but now you're making up for it. Alhamdulillah, you know. And even in inside, I know you were you were you. It was time to serve for you as well, yes. like Tobias and others. Yes. So there's people that, you know, they use their time well, and there's people that squander their time. But time, time is time is what God gave us, and one day it, you know, it's like that the hourglass. You know, each grain is like a breath, and we don't know how many breaths Allah has decreed for us. But average lifespan twenty thousand days, not a lot of time. Twenty thousand days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, Alhamdulillah. Kalam hamdul basar. Quran says, you know, it's like a blink of an eye. Yeah. Jazakum la khairan. May Allah reward Freydun for uh, opening his house and on short notice. Alhamdulillah. And Saima, thank you for the the meal. Um Yahya barakallahu fiki and Dr. Asad and all of you. It's an honor to meet all of you. Abdul Mumin Sharif. Yusuf, alhamdulillah, old friend, you know, Mansoor and Charles, mashallah. May Allah bless all of you, increase you, keep you strong in the deen. Jazakumullah khairan. Alhamdulillah.